Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Happy February 18th. It is Thursday edition of Sports Talk here till 8 o'clock tonight. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Of course, Charlie Long running the show as always. Uh, after the first break, we're going to get into LSU baseball talk. Head coach Jay Johnson will be joining us. We are just one week away from opening day for the LSU Tigers. That'll be Friday. Uh, the LSU team begins defense of their national title. Uh, 7 o'clock hour, we'll get into some more Pelicans talk. Talking with Ali Cosell, editor-in-chief at thebirdrights.com. Obviously, the Birds, a big win last night in L.A. Hopefully, they can duplicate that again tomorrow night, this time against the Lakers. And not... Do, being doing you know getting any deals done at the trade deadline standing pat uh all in all for me Cajun Cannon I think that's a good thing uh, I didn't want to see Jonas Valanciunas go anywhere I didn't think getting rid of him would upgrade this team in any way even though the rumors were kind of swirling around him being dealt well you know you, you trade no matter what you got to give up something to get something but you have to uh look at what you're willing uh to give up and um so I think they want to have a run uh, maybe with this uh, group. And, um, you know, what they had right look, they're now, uh, what, 30 and 21, uh, the sixth uh, best record in the Western Conference. So uh, I think that they want to see what's going to happen. Uh, everybody's playing. Uh, they're not hurt. Uh, you look at Zion, you look at Ingram, McCollum. That's definitely been uh, a huge yeah, key. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think that's where they're going to wait and see. Uh, What's going to happen? I don't know if we're going to win anything, but I I, I think uh, that, you know, we were hoping the Saints would be a playoff team, but I think the Pelicans are a playoff team. That's what I'm pulling yeah, yeah. for right now. I want them to be a top six squad, make the playoffs, none of the play-in tournament stuff. Yeah, none of the play-in, you're, you're in the postseason, and uh, depending on the matchup now, uh, that's one thing. I think what's advantageous for the NFL, you just got to win one game. No, uh, in the NBA, when you win a series, you are the better team. Uh, you know, you can have an outstanding game, but you have to win games, a plural. Uh, so, so that's why it's way more challenging. But, but I, I'm, I'm optimistic where the Pels are at, considering how in the past couple of years they've struggled in January and where they're at right now, heading into February, and having a winning record. I think that I think that was critical when they beat the Rockets to go eight and seven in January. Uh, you know, the previous season they had only won three games in, in January. So, no, that that's encouraging. Going forward, uh, I think they're all uh, playing together, uh, so I'm optimistic with that. And Cajun Cannon, the uh, Buffalo Bills hiring Ronald Curry away from the Saints. He was in line to be the offensive coordinator, uh, interviewed for the position, and the team reportedly offered him a position to stay on, but he decided to head to Buffalo. And to go be the quarterback's coach of the Bills and work with Josh Allen, that's kind of hard to turn down. Well, and I think they wanted him – to go back to, you know, you have to look at your career as an individual coach. I think they might have wanted him to go back and uh, and, and be the wideout coach. Right, exactly. Uh, well, he did that. I've been there, done that. <laughs> he did that uh, 2018 to 2020 before he started working with the quarterbacks. So, you know, he has to look from an individual standpoint where his career is at. But, 
You look at Ronald Curry. He's now going, uh, joining the Buffalo Bills coaching staff. He's only 44 years of age. It's not like he's 64. He's only 44 years of age. Uh, now, he would love to have the Saints offensive coordinator job, but I don't think that was going to happen because why would that would be? They'd view that as Pete Carmichael Jr. or it would be like the same thing. Uh, we needed we needed a new blood. So I'll look at uh, Clint Kubiak coming on board, uh, and he's going to bring his own people in. I mean, it just stands to reason. But uh, like you said, Ronald Curry. Now think about this. You know, I always tell you about networking, who you know and all that. Sure. He's going to reunite with Joe Brady. Right. You remember. Now, Joe Brady's the Bills officer coordinator who served as officer coordinator. I should say who served as an offensive assistant for the Saints for two seasons. Right. Going back to 17 and 18. Now, uh, Brady, remember, he took over as the coordinator in an interim basis this past season. Uh, then they removed that tag and they made him the offensive coordinator. Now, uh, Curry will become the Bears' new quarterback coach, a, a, a role uh, that Joe Brady ha- held last year. So it's all about how, how you all the chess pieces and all how you put it all together. But that makes a lot of sense, uh, Coach uh, Ronald Curry going to Buffalo uh, with Joe Brady. So that did not surprise me. But uh, I didn't realize he was here that long, how time flies. You know, Ronald Curry was with the Saints for seven seasons. Right, it definitely doesn't seem like that. No, he was there for seven seasons, so uh, that was understanding. But look, among the primary position coaches, only uh, Clancy Barone uh, is a lone holdover from last year. Uh, you look got up, a lot of spots to Carl fill. Carl Cody, Cody Burns, uh, Doug Marone, Joe Thomas, you know, went to the Giants. Uh, no, it just goes to show you how things change from one year to the next. And, and that's understandable because Clint Kubiak, he should – be able to get the coaches that he wants and who he's familiar with. When we get back from the break, defending national champion head coach Jay Johnson of the LSU baseball team as we preview opening day next week, folks, right after this on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back into Sports Talk. The LSU softball team underway in Tiger Park. It's the top of the second inning. LSU and Nichols are scoreless there. The LSU women's basketball team will be in action later on tonight. And Cajun Cannon, I know you got a little tidbit about women's basketball coach from UConn. Yeah, winning. I just like, uh, well, you have to last a long time to win a bunch of games. Uh, That's why I think he still wants to coach that being an NFL coach Bell. Belichick, he wants to surpass Don Shula. Uh, you think he's going to go in the TV booth? Uh, I'm telling you, so he wants somebody to give him a chance. Now, he might have to humble himself uh, to, to turn around and say, well, maybe I don't have that much control, but I think he wants to surpass Don Shula. But you look at uh, the UConn head coach, uh, women's coach, uh, Gino Iramont, or how you pronounce Oriyama. it? Oriyama. Oriyama. I mean, I, I butcher that name. His 1,200 career victory uh, Wednesday night, they beat Seton Hall. Uh, now, think about consistency. Uh, I think Coach Johnson went like this. Uh, he's reached 20 wins 
for 31 consecutive seasons. You know, it's about a winner, a consistency. He's up there. He's joining uh, former Duke's men's basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski and Stanford's Tara uh, Van Derveer as the only coaches in Division I history with 1,200 wins. Uh, maybe Coach Johnson might get to 1,200 uh, wins one day. Uh, but, Welcoming but, uh, in now to the radio huddle, Coach Jay Johnson, defending national champion. How you been, Coach? I, I know he appreciates greatness. Hey, guys. Yes, I do appreciate greatness. How you doing tonight? We're doing fine. Uh, boy, talking about greatness, and everyone, you know, you look at football, basketball, baseball, when you talk about Power of Five and, and all the conferences, and, you know, you might look at SEC uh, football, but to me, it don't get any better than SEC baseball from a national perspective. It seems like I'd almost be shocked year in and year out if it's not if not six out of the top ten in the preseason rankings if they're not from the SEC. Yeah, uh, the way I explain it is the SEC is now the moon compared to the rest of college <laughs> baseball. All the best players uh, are in the league now, uh, great coaches, great facilities, fan bases, it makes it a great challenge, and, and we're excited to, to try to tackle that again. Now, uh, Coach Johnson, I, I thought uh, because, you know, listen, you can't rest on your laurels. Uh, obviously, you appreciate what you were able to accomplish, uh, but I'm kind of old school with you right here. One of the most important things that this team can do is, to, uh, in a way, to forget last year, and you kind of went on to say, you know what I mean, uh, that I feel like we've honored that, as we should. Uh, but in a true program form, we need to focus on the task at hand. That's what I love, task at hand. You know, what have you done for me lately? You know how fans are. Oh, oh what have you had done for me lately? If you had a, a bad week or two weeks or a month, all of a sudden they forget all the success maybe you might have had in the past. But what is the task at hand? I know as a coach and as a staff, uh, that's what you're challenging the players with. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, first off, we have the best fans that you could possibly ask for. And you can't, uh, you can't have 13,000 people coming to a college baseball game uh, if they're not passionate. And sometimes they're, they're passionate, uh, you know, in a, in a way you don't want them to be sometimes. But that's okay. You know, they, they show up and they cheer us on. And, I mean, about 100,000 of them showed up in Omaha. So that was awesome and uh very thankful for that but right now for us it's just about preparing for the season and our team this year has done a great job of focusing on practice every day in a really good flow and trying to develop the skill of focusing on one pitch one inning one game at a time and then next week you know it'll start a different challenge you know fans in the seats uh winning and losing playing time adversity, success, you know, all those things can be a distraction if you're not fo totally focused on what's right in front of you. So we're trying to teach them to do that. I think we got a, a lot of veteran players that know what that looks like and we'll help the young players be able to do that. Now, uh, Coach Johnson, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, you only can choose one. And if you have, like, an unbelievable great hitting team, uh, sometimes your pitching struggles or it's kind of up and down. Or you got an unbelievable uh, pitching staff that you know you can always rely upon. The hitting might be uh, also up and down. You only can choose one now. Uh, what would you take? Now, I know the Arizona Wildcats, you're always able to hit the ball. But, but how do you view that as far as if you're going to win a championship again? 
I mean, uh, maybe because I have a quarterback that threw the ball. I just think if you can pitch, then you always have a chance. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, but for me, we want to be great at everything. You know, pitching, offense, defense, run the bases, smart and aggressive, have a team that's committed to, to the team uh, first. And I think uh, we have some potential in all those areas to be really good. But you're right, Bobby. I think winning starts and ends on the mound. And if you can pitch good, you know you're at least going to be competitive in every game that you play. So I would probably lean in your direction as well. Coach, uh, recently Tommy White, Hayden Travinsky getting all SEC honors. Just talk about uh, expectations for them heading into this season. Yeah, those, they're two of those veteran players that I've, I've mentioned that have had a lot of college at-bats. And uh, my expectations for them are, are to use their experience for maturity and to show up prepared and to take professional level at-bats because they're both professional level hitters and uh, be good leaders. You know, we had really good player leadership last year on our team. And this year, you know, some of the guys that were a part of that are taking it upon themselves to, to pay that forward. And, you know, both those guys are doing that. And, and I'm very appreciative of that. They're both great players, but, you know, they're doing the right things for our team as well. Now, uh, Coach John, you know, talk about the fans, how, uh, you know, they, sometimes they don't realize, oh, I can't believe we lost that midweek game. Or then, you know, obviously the strategy – to play for the weekend uh, series and all that. But it seems like that's another area that's also challenging. Uh, when you look in the south, in Louisiana, in this area, uh, that the midweek games we have is that uh, that's a big feather in their cap if they can beat the LSU Fighting Tigers. Uh, but it's a challenge throughout the season uh, because it might not be like that around the country, but uh, the midweek games that LSU's facing, uh, that's kind of like their Super Bowl of baseball, so to speak if they could beat LSU, and how it's a continuous process, the challenges you have, even in these uh, midweek games. And maybe you could see some of the talent that maybe you could rely upon on the weekend. Uh, but it's very challenging uh, once the season starts throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. And, and what I would say is not only are those teams up for the game when they play us, they're also very good teams. You know, there's a lot of NCAA tournament caliber teams that we play on Tuesdays throughout the year but for us you know we play every game like it's a playoff game and you know I've been very successful in the midweek thing over two years I think we're 19 and 5 or 20 and 5 and you get 800 winning percentage in baseball is pretty good and uh, our guys show up to play and I'm proud of them for that and that's something that I'm looking for this team to do as well this year. Now uh, Coach Johnson who's maybe um, a player that the fan base um you know, they might have heard of, but, uh, you know, the expectations that uh, it might be different than uh, than what you have because uh, you look at fall baseball and how you develop the team. But uh, as far as maybe uh, that they could surprise the fans and then all of a sudden uh, it might take, I don't know, uh, come March, April, whatever, and maybe not necessarily at the beginning. Uh, but you're looking at the prospects of them having success you high on. Is that some individual, not uh, shocked the LSU fan base, but uh, someone they might be pleasantly surprised with? Yeah, I think they'll be surprised with the depth of the team. I think we have a lot of options. Uh, I think the pitching staff is really deep. Like we constructed the team, you know, with, you know, getting as deep on the mound as we possibly could. You know, after, you know, two years ago, having a really good team with not much pitching, I decided I never wanted to try that again. 
And so uh, we signed a lot of pitchers, and I think you're going to see a lot of capable guys. I think you'll see roles change as the, the year goes along. I think uh, offensively we have some good uh, balance between speed, power, solid hitting skills. And I think the position players, there's a lot of new names in there, um, either taking bigger roles or, you know, coming in this year. But, you know, they've done a really good job improving. I think the pitching staff pretty much dominated the fall. Uh, it's been uh, maybe even a little advantage to the hitters here since we've been back. So I think we got a complete team, and, you know, I don't want to single anybody out just because I think there's a lot of guys that are going to make a positive contribution. Uh, well, Co- Coach, I'm not going to single nobody out. Well, you don't have to, but I will somewhat. Um, I don't know. Whenever I look at, uh, you know, a position – you know, whether it's like catcher, designated hitter, or, or you know, infield or, or first base, whatever. But Josh uh, Pearson, his flexibility, uh, they got by his name, infielder, outfielder. I mean, that, that, that's pretty good if you have that kind of confidence in an individual that I think he can help the team, whether he's on the infield or in the outfield. Yeah, Josh, really good team guy. He started pretty much every game uh, his freshman season. Last year, he did not you know, early in the season. And uh, when we needed him, he uh, he performed. You know, he didn't have a great numbers year from a batting average standpoint, but he did from getting on base and taking tough at bats. And, you know, really his defense in the outfield, you know, was a big reason we won the national championship. He played great in, in Omaha. And uh, we're trying him out in the infield a little bit and just looking to put together our our best team. But, you know, and you have a player, Josh's experience, uh that's a good starting point. So proud of his development here over three years. Opening day just a week away, Coach. Unbelievable to think Friday already you guys are going to be back on the field uh, in Tiger Stadium, uh, Alec Box Stadium. Uh, LSU baseball, though, does have some preseason scrimmages coming up uh, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and free for admission for fans. I know they'll love to come out and see you guys, weather permitting, obviously. Yeah, you guys should come down here and do your show sometime at a game. That'd be pretty sweet. We tried to make it last year during the playoffs, Coach, and we ended up getting rained out, unfortunately. No, uh, we, we stayed there. I think we were there almost six hours. It was like, you know, the lightning delay <laughs> It was thing? all the lightning, it's like, right? Also, oh, they, they're going to keep playing. And, oh, then the, the lightning strikes. Oh, you got to wait another half an hour. And then you got to wait. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, no, we, we definitely got to make it up this year, though, right? We definitely got to do a road trip for sure. Yeah, I've got. I've learned I got to be a better weatherman in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, you know, in the desert in Tucson, there's a lot different in Baton Rouge than in Tucson. <laughs> always appreciate, sure. always appreciate the time, Coach Johnson. Best of luck, and we'll definitely be talking to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right, Coach. LSU baseball coach Jay Johnson, as the Tigers get ready for opening day next week, uh, it seems. Just like a blink of an eye, all of a sudden we're back into the college baseball season. Well, as just as you know, the NFL season here is wrapping up. Well, it it it, it, it seems like it was just not the other day, but the other month uh, <laughs> that uh, they won the national championship, and here we are upon a new season in college baseball. But it's unbelievable the competition, right? Like and you mentioned, SEC. the SEC, the gauntlet you just go through there is unbelievable. It's all, it's like. Minor league baseball, almost for the yeah, pros, like, like AAA and the <laughs> SEC, and then they, you see them play uh, on a major league team. Uh, but no, it's like every year you can you just okay look at no matter uh, baseball, America, whatever, all the different polls, and it's always like uh, Charlie. We were talking about this, like six out of the ten teams uh, SEC, that, that SEC, SEC yes. right? 
Yeah, throw it, in it, Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You get throw in Wake Forest or maybe uh, Stanford or something, but it's all it's SEC. Yeah, I mean, I think TCU's up there as well, right, if I right. remember correctly, guys. But it's not just that it's top heavy; it's very deep. <laughs> Every single weekend of SEC play is like a postseason series. No, like even, it, it, and then Charlie, you go like top twenty-five, and then it's like. Okay, uh, uh, not just the top 10, but top 25, then there's like 10 or, or, or 11 out of the top uh, uh, 25 or from the SEC. I'll pull up the full list. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's unbelievable. And it seems like it's this every, like this every year. No, it's one thing I laugh about. All my buddies in the Northeast, I grew up in New Jersey, and they said, how are you going to survive in Louisiana with no baseball? Huh? The competition here is better than watching MLB for me. Yeah, the people don't realize how baseball in, in Louisiana and the Southeast in commerce, uh, it, it's like pro baseball. It's like it's our version of watching the Yankees or watching the Red Sox. Or Except it's not a strikeout or home run here. So uh, right, no, it, it's more. I think it's more pure uh, because uh, it, it's truly. Uh, now you still have name, image, and likeness and all that. You got the transfer <laughs> portal, but but it's like uh, uh, like Dylan Cruz, okay? Because we're familiar with him at LSU. Aren't you excited about uh, to see what he's going to do in the major league? For sure. Or, or Paul Skeens. All of a sudden, now I'm kind of cut because a couple of players, oh, I want to see if they get a chance with the Washington Nationals. Uh, you know, or Paul Skeens with the Pirates. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'll keep that game on yeah, and see yeah. what he's doing. Right. Exactly. And that's the LSU influence. Eight of the top 25 SEC. Wow. It's there South you go. Carolina at 25, and then you move up a little bit. Alabama at 19. And then all the way up into the top 10, you have six top 10 teams. You have Tennessee at nine. Texas A&M at 8, Vanderbilt at 6, LSU at 4, Arkansas at 3, and Florida at 2 via D1Baseball.com. So, so I exaggerated a little bit. I said 10. It's like it was close. It was like, close. Yeah. It's like uh, what, we got 14 SEC teams now, and it's going to get better because uh, exactly. you know, yeah, no. Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs> Texas are, is ranked 16th, so right, it, I mean, right. Texas would be in that number. Yeah, so uh, no, it's, it's unbelievable, the SEC baseball. Taking a break. Want to hear from you. Anything sports, chime in. Oakland Hearts Jewelers talking text line. It's 504-260-1870. We're taking a break right now. Be back with more Sports Talk right after this on WWL. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And Bobby, you were going to tell me just now at the break, sometimes, well, a lot of times in the coaching circles, it's all about who you know. Who you know and what kind of experience you've had. Now, especially if it's positive. You know, if it's negative, then you're going a different direction. But how you networking and crossing paths and all that uh, – when I read, the more I read about this, <clears throat> Saints offensive line coach, the longtime NFL offensive line coach, John Benton. How did he end up with the Saints? <clears throat> okay. You look like skins in a wall, how much experience you have. Like we have Pete Jenkins on. Look at all his coaching experience. Right. All the different individuals, coaches you've coached with. How he's talking about, he's dealt with Andy Reid like you and I are talking right <laughs> now. So you look at John Benton. John Ben, the Saints offensive line coach, spent the last twenty, uh, the last I should say, the last season out of coaching. So you know, I'm gonna see what's gonna happen. So I'm gonna take a step back. But he has 20 years of NFL experience as offensive line coach. Now, most recently with the Jets. Now uh, that resume, if you look at the 20 years, includes a lot of time spent working on the former NFL head coach. Gary Kubiak. Hmm. Well, Gary, I heard of Kubiak. I the name he, sounds I, familiar. I, I, I thought he was Clint. <laughs> no, this is Dad. Okay, the Dad. Okay, 
So not Clint, but his dad. So you look at his resume, he spent working on the former NFL head coach, Gary Kubak, who won the Super Bowl in 2015 with the Broncos. We remember Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, like I said, Gary Kubiak's the father of this, uh, the Saints offensive coordinator, soon to be named. We'll have to wait after the Super Bowl with Clint Kubiak, uh, as well as uh, several years uh, they worked within the San Francisco uh, 49ers scheme. So, you know, uh, so what are you trying to bring? So, if you look at 49ers plays and you got John Benton and Clint Kubiak uh, and then Shanahan and all, that's kind of like. You're going to see in next season Saints plays. <laughs> now, can we execute it at a high level? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, if we have Alvin Kamara, he could do Christian McCaffrey kind of stuff. So now tight end, I don't know. Juwan Johnson, I don't think he's Kittle yet. So you have to just look at this, uh, Debo Samuel. There's certain plays that they run would be very similar that what you're going to see future, uh, I think, with the Saints. Now, after breaking into the NFL coaching ranks, uh, which he did, like I said, 20 years ago. Uh, uh, Coach Ben was with the St. Louis Rams in, in, in 2003, and then he began an eight-year stretch working under the dad, Gary Kubiak. Remember when the Houston Texans started right. out? He was the Houston Texans offensive line coach. And guess what? Kyle Shanahan, the current 49ers head coach, was the offensive coordinator two of those seasons. It's like a family affair. <laughs> the, right. the, the Kubiaks, uh, the Shanahan, to think about all that, how it all interacts. Now in 2017, uh, Coach Ben uh, joined Shanahan's staff with the 49ers, spending the next four seasons uh, with San Fran as the offensive line coach. And then uh, coaching tree. Then the Jets hired Mike LaFleur. Oh, you've heard of that name. Off of Shanahan's staff to be the offensive coordinator. Then Ben went to New York with him to serve as the run game coordinator. And then he ultimately got fired by the Jets. And uh, LaFleur after the 2022 season. Right. But it's amazing how, you know, how they're all familiar with one another. And now to last... And you're a coaching tree and all that, you gotta have success. So uh who Sean Payton gives a lot of credit to? Bill Parcells. You know, you're under that coaching tree. Now, we would not be talking about uh Sean Payton if he wouldn't have success or won a Super Bowl. Not what he's doing with the Broncos, but you know who's still gonna get uh, uh in the conversation, who's still gonna get credit for that success? It's gonna be who's his mentor? Bill Parcells. So the whole thing, when I look at how these coaches interact, Steve, it goes on. I'm not just talking about a handful of years. It's like two decades plus. In other words, your whole football career. Right, and, like you and, mentioned, there's some coaching like with Shannon. It's like, I worked with your dad. Uh, I worked with your dad when we were <laughs> way back in Houston together. Or you might be north, south, east, west. It's amazing. And you might have a stop here, a stop there. It might be two or three years there. That's what I say as a coach. You got to be willing to move. Uh, you know, be tough for if, sure. if, if you want to take that next Pays step, well, but the next step and progress in your career, uh, that you could be like, uh, look at Coach Ben. He's been from uh, San Fran to Houston to New York, and that that's going east, west, coast, and the south. So uh, now he's got a chance. He's coming back south uh, with the New Orleans Saints. So uh, no, it, it, it's amazing. But looking at the connections. 
uh, we going to be our offense with the Saints next year is going to be like the 49ers South. You know what we say, like the Detroit Lions, all the Saints connection, <laughs> that's really like the crazy. Saints North. Uh, but we're going to be, from an offensive perspective, not Dennis Allen now, from an offensive perspective, we're going to be the 49ers South here in the Deep South, the Gulf Coast, the Big Easy. Now, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, now they have a big enough sample size beside the Super Bowl, but then you get a more and more optimistic. Uh, well, and they going against a challenging defense in the Chiefs. What if the 49ers offense, boy, they clicking and, and they, they kicking butt? So, boy, we might see that in New Orleans. Now, you know, Derek Carr, uh, can you pull the trigger like Brock Purdy and all that? And, you know, you have to look at the weapons. You have to look at the personnel and who's playing what. But I guarantee you, the same plays that you're going to see in the Super Bowl and that you would see during the, the, the 49ers season is the same damn plays you could see with the Saints at 2024 season. Now you got to execute it. Would you expect the Monday after Super Bowl that the official hiring of Clint Kubiak would be announced for the Saints? Yeah, that for sure. For sure. Uh, you might, I don't know. Uh, give it a day. Yeah, give it a day. You're celebrating your Super Bowl victory. And then, oh, okay, the party's over. Okay, I got to move on. Right, plus you, you uh, got to get his staff together, yes, too. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, 24, 36 hours, uh, something <laughs> like that. Then uh, get to work. Yeah, and then get back to work. Uh, no, but but they, they, they get paid well, to say the least. <laughs> Be right back here on Sports Talk, coming back with more here on WWL. Stay tuned. Getting right to your calls before the break. Want to hit James and Covington talking about the 49ers offense. What you got, James? Yeah, guys, you know uh, – Awesome offense, uh, and, and the, the head coach, you know, is he's got his own tree and stuff. But as far as the, us converting to that offense, it helps having the best left tackle in, in the fo- in the game of football. That is true. Football. That, and, that and, is and true. And they paid him. They paid him. He was disgruntled, and he left Washington, and the 49ers paid him. Trent Williams. Uh, no, that that is true, Gene. That's a good point. Yeah, and, and so George Kittle was being interviewed. Uh, you know, everybody's being interviewed for the Super Bowl, but he mentioned he called himself the best all-around uh, tight end. Tight end in football, and he, he says Kelsey's the best receiver, but he calls himself the best all-around uh, tight end in football. And he gives a lot of uh, credit or kudos to McCaffrey because the first thing uh, McCaffrey did was he just did rest on his laurels coming from Carolina, but he got with uh, Kelsey and they, they developed uh, timing on, you know, well, it's like, when you, when are you, when are you supposed to ride that hip and get over there uh, when the tight end is blocking, you know, he, well, well, he gave a lot of credit to McCaffrey. And, and, and James, you talk about kid on McCaffrey, uh, you know, the Fortnite became the fourth team ever what a 4,000-yard passer. You talk about the 49ers offense, and four players each with 1,000-plus scrimmage yards in the same season. Look, the 49ers getting the first team ever uh, running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, each 1,000-plus scrimmage yards in the same season. You know about spread the wealth? Now, again, I don't know if we have that talent like the 49ers, but that's the offense we're going to try and run. Stay tuned. Another hour of sports talk coming up right after the break here on WWL.